This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook. Cryer's hammer is an enormous war hammer forged entirely from black iron. A grinning skull is etched into the surface of the hammer's head. Non-legacy game statistics, large plus one war hammer, damage 2d6 plus one, critical three, cost 2324 GP, weight 10 pound blood cryer's hammer is a large weapon. A medium creature can wield the hammer with two hands with a two penalty on attack rolls. Small creatures cannot use the hammer without some special ability to wield large weapons, such as the monkey grip feat described in the sidebar. Omen, in any round of combat during which the war hammer is not drawn and used, it cries and moans. When the hammer is brought to bear in battle, red dish fluid seems to seep from the engraved skull's eye sockets. History. Bloodcryer's hammer is one of two great weapons wielded by the ancient dwarven folk hero Bazad Kra. Kra's other legendary weapon is Bloodcryer's bow. While the dwarfs still refer to their hero with the proper pronunciation, in wider circles the name is remembered more for the properties of the weapon than the original wielder. So, Bloodcryer is the name that Kra bears in many myths. Some ascribe hidden powers to Bloodcryer's hammer. It has been debated, however, whether these abilities were in the hammer or were part of Kra's own repertoire. EC 15, Bazad Kra is the supposed descendant of a mortal son of Moradin and was of mightier metal than most dwarfs of his age. Many exploits are attributed to Bloodcryer, founding a mine that pierced to the center of the earth, discovering mithril ore, and stemming an orc invasion. During mining explorer tie-ins, Bazad Kra won his Warhammer by defeating an entity known as an Earthmagus. DC 18, Trial, by Earth, once the weapon was his, Bazad Kra woke within it powers greater still. Soon, news of the hammer's theft from its Earthmagus guardian reached a group of similar beings called the Conclave at the Heart. Upset at the theft and concerned at the waking abilities of the hammer, the Conclave decided to recover the weapon and kill its wielder. In these tasks they were successful. DC 25, Morning Service, after the Conclave at the Heart slew Bazad, Bloodcryer's hammer fell out of common knowledge and into legend and into legend. 300 years later, the Barbarian Lord. Haragam found the hammer within an erupted earth cyst, an extrusion of elemental earth, while on a personal vision quest out in the barren scablands. Taking the discovery of the weapon as a sign, he returned to his tribe weak, weary, and at the edge of death. During Haragam's recovery, he never once relinquished his grasp on the war hammer. When his full strength finally returned to him, he knew the weapon was the tool he had long sought to carve out an empire larger than any barbarian lord before. Upon Haragam's death a century later, the barbarian shamans interred him with the hammer, despite his insistence to the contrary. He believed that to do so would allow the weapon to fall into the hands of what he called vengeful spirits of stone and earth. DC 31, Judgment of the Scablands. New feat, monkey grip you are able to use a larger weapon than other people your size. Prerequisite, base attack bonus plus one. Benefit, you can use melee weapons one size category larger than you are with a two penalty on the attack roll, but the amount of effort it takes you to use the weapon does not change. For instance, a large longsword, a one-handed weapon for a large creature, is considered a two-handed weapon for a medium creature that does not have this feat for a medium creature that has this feat, it is still considered a one-handed weapon. You can wield a larger light weapon as a light weapon, 
or a larger two-handed weapon in two hands. You cannot wield a larger weapon in your offhand, and you cannot use this feat with a double weapon. Normal, you can use a melee weapon one size could Igori larger than you are with a 2 penalty on the attack roll, and the amount of effort it takes to use the weapon increases. A larger light weapon is considered a one-handed weapon, a larger one-handed weapon is considered a two-handed weapon, and you cannot use a larger two-handed weapon at all. Scablands. Legacy Rituals. Three rituals are required to unlock all the abilities of Bloodcryer's Hammer. Trial by Earth. You must defeat a creature with the Earth subtype in personal combat. The creature's challenge rating must be equal to or greater than your character level. Cost. 2200 GP. Feet granted. Least Legacy. Bloodcryer's Hammer. Morning service, you are required to pay homage at the grave of Bazad Kra, which is lost in the center of a sighing waste. Cost, 12,500 GP. Feet granted, lesser legacy, Bloodcryer's Hammer. Judgment of the Scablands, you have to spend three days in the extreme heat of the desert Scablands without food, water, weapons, or shelter. Survival is not necessary to successfully complete this ritual. Cost, 40,500 GP. Feet granted, greater legacy, blood crier's hammer. Wielder requirements. Most would-be wielders of blood crier's hammer are fighters, barbarians, or rangers. Any creature with the desire to gain more earth-related abilities might consider carrying the weapon. Blood crier's hammer wielder requirements base attack bonus plus two knowledge, history, two rank speak language, dwarven. Legacy item abilities. All the following are legacy item abilities of blood crier's hammer. Earthseeker, so at 6th level and higher, while wielding Bloodcryer's Hammer, you can detect any creature with the Earth subtype within 60 feet. You must concentrate, a standard action, to do so. The Hammer ignores any damage reduction and Earth subtype Cree. Cure possesses. Pathbreaker, so beginning at 7th level, once per day when Bloodcryer's Hammer is struck against a lock, lid, door, valve, portal, normal bars, shackles, chains, bolts, and so on, a mournful tone rings forth. The struck item opens one round later. Bloodcryer's hammer also automatically dispels a hold portal spell or even an arcane lock with a caster level lower than 15th. Each strike opens only one form of locking. So if a chest is chained, padlocked, locked, and arcane locked, it takes four strikes to open it. A silent spell negates this power. Earthen Stature, SP you can change size while standing on solid earth or stone. Starting at 8th level, you can issue a command word to use in large person once per day, self only, as the spell. At 12th level, you can use this ability at will. Caster level 5th, the earth provides, so at 9th level and higher, you need not eat or drink while underground or in any place with the earth dominant elemental trait. Deny earth's embrace, so at 10th level and higher, you need no longer fear the unforgiving crush of the earth after a fall. This ability acts exactly like a feather fall spell, and it is activated immediately if you fall more than 5 feet. Caster level 5th. Stony resistance, so at 15th level, you gain a plus 2 resistance bonus on all saving throws. Meld into stone, SP beginning at 16th level, as a swift action once per day, you can use meld into stone. As the spell. Caster level 10th. Terra Obscura, so at 17th level and higher, while you remain in contact with solid earth or stone, Bloodcryer's Hammer cannot be detected remotely through scrying, remote viewing, or other means of divination, 
as if continually affected by the obscure object spell. Caster level 15th. Wall of Stone, SP beginning at 18th level. Two times per day by holding Bloodcryer's hammer forth and speaking a command word, you can use Wall of Stone as the spell. Caster level 15th. Earthwalker's Bane, so starting at 19th level. In your hands Bloodcryer's hammer has an effective enhancement bonus plus one better than normal and deals an extra 1d6 points of damage against any creature in contact with solid earth or stone. Ignore Earth's Clutch, so at 20th level and higher, you constantly gain the benefit of a freedom of movement spell while standing on solid earth or stone. Caster level 15th. Adventure Seed, L5. While exploring an underground area, the PCs break into an earth cyst, which houses a spellcasting elemental known as an earth magus. They awaken the earth magus, who attacks wielding Bloodcryer's hammer. Earth magus CR5 earth elemental sorcerer 2 and medium elemental, extraplanar, earth, in it plus zero, senses dark vision 60 feet, listen plus two, spot plus three languages dwarven, terran. AC 19, touch 10, flat-footed 19 HP 44, 6 HD, immune critical hits, flanking, paralysis, poison, sleep, stunning fort plus 8, ref plus 1, all plus 4 speed 20 feet, for squares, melee bloodcryers hammer plus 8, 2d6 plus 8, 3, or melee slam plus 8, 1d8 plus 6, base ATK plus 4, GRP plus 8 ATK options power attack special actions earth mastery, Push Sorcerer Spells Known, CL 2nd 1st, 5 a day, Shield, True Strike 0, 6 a day, Days, DC 12, Detect Magic, Ghost Sound, DC 12, Ray of Frost, plus 4 range touch, Read Magic. Ability Street 18, Dex 11, Con 18, Int 9, Wis 10, CHA 15 Square Earth Glide, Earthseeker, Familiar, None, Feats Combat Casting, Least Legacy. Bloodcryer's Hammer, B, Martial Weapon Proficiency, Warhammer, Power Attack Skills Concentration plus 4, plus 8 Casting Defensively, Knowledge, History, plus 1, Listen plus 2, Speak Language, Dwarven, Spot plus 3 Possessions Bloodcryer's Hammer Earth Mastery, X, plus 1 on Attack and Damage Rolls if both the Earthmagus and its foe touch the ground, for penalty on Attack Rolls and Damage Rolls against airborne or waterborne opponents. These modifiers are not included in the statistics above. Push, X, can start a ball rush without provoking an attack of opportunity. Earth Mastery applies to the opposed strength checks. Earth Glide, X, can glide through stone, dirt, or almost any other sort of earth, except metal. The burrowing leaves behind no tunnel and does not create any signs of its presence. A move earth spell cast on an area containing a burrowing earthmagus flings the elemental back 30 feet, stunning it for one round unless it makes a DC 15 fortitude save. Earthseeker, Sue, can detect any creature with the earth subtype within 60 feet by using a standard action. Bloodcryer's hammer ignores DR of earth subtype creatures. Earthsist the map provided gives an example of the sort of locatayon in which this encounter might occur. The DM is free to add details that suit the campaign. Temple of Earth This is a small temple of typical layout, dedicated to a deity or elemental forces of Earth. A corridor leading into the temple itself might be trapped to deter intruders. Tombs The past priests of the cult are interred here, returned to the Earth. Certainly one of the more gaulish weapons ever created, the bones of Li Peng are exactly that, 
the right arm bones of the famous monk Li Peng, bound with sinew at the elbow joint and fashioned into nunchaku. Non-legacy game statistics, plus one nunchaku, cost 2302 GP. You gain a plus one bonus on one concentration check per day. Omen, despite their morbid looks, the bones of Li Peng are not at all evil. In fact, the weapon radiates a tangible aura of tranquility and calm. History. Li Peng was the most famous Saifu, teacher, at the Monastery of the Five Cherry Blossoms, a fabled site of learning and enlightenment nestled high in the mountains. This teacher is something of a folk hero among the peoples living in and around the mountains, although his true nature remains a mystery. The human goat herds in the valleys and lower peaks describe Li Peng as a human, while the dwarf miners, whose outposts cling to the steep cliffs, call Li Peng one of their own. Regardless of Li Peng's true origins, after his death many of his personal effects gained reputa tie-ins for possessing magical properties. DC 15, one spring, the monks of the Monastery of the Five Cherry Blossoms sent the young acolyte Li Peng down into the village to purchase supplies, since the long winter had depleted their stores. Laden with bolts of the Phi Ne cloth the monks had woven, Li Peng took up his staff and began the trek down the mound. Time. Halfway along his journey, he was accosted by a terrible ogre who held a vicious but blind hell hound on an iron chain. The ogre told Li Peng the hound would be set upon him if he didn't hand over the goods he was carrying. Li Peng simply smiled, said that he had no fear of dogs, and made to continue on his way. True to his word, the ogre released his hound and ordered it to kill the monk, but Li Peng was too quick. The nimble ascetic leapt into a tree and, running lightly along a branch above his enemies, quickly pulled off his robe and tossed it down over the ogre. The hellhound was fooled by the robe sent and fell upon the ogre, tearing the giant limb from limb. Li Peng, meanwhile, climbed down the tree and continued on his way. EC 18, Monk's Cunning. When Li Peng was an older man, a peasant came to the gates of the monastery to beg the monk's aid. A band of fire-earth brigands was terrorizing the villagers and stealing their rice crop, the people had no rice with which to pay their taxes. Li Peng vowed to deal with the bandits and set off toward the town with his trusty staff in hand. At dusk that evening, the outlaws rode into the settlement and demanded the daily harvest. Li Peng, looking small and unassuming in his orange robe, stepped forward and told the robbers to depart and Phi Nd honest work, lest their souls suffer in the afterlife. The thieves scoffed and Phi read their crossbows, but with a twirl of his staff, Li Peng knocked their bolts away. The bandits, amazed by this display of skill, nevertheless leapt to attack. The monk simply laughed at them, for he was too nimble to be caught. Leaping about like a hare, he struck the brigands repeatedly, with his staff, knocking them all senseless. When the leader awoke after the Phi GHD, Li Peng harnessed him to a donkey cart and made him pull the vehicle back to the outlaw's hideout. The stolen rice was recovered. EC 25, Martial Whirlwind, at the twilight of Li Peng's life, when he had been master of the Monastery of the Five Cherry Blossoms for many years, one of his students came to him and asked why he didn't write his wisdom down for future generations. Li Peng grinned and repeated one of his oft-quoted proverbs, if you meet the enlightened one on the road, kill him. The pupil pondered this, realizing the master meant no person could lead another to enlightenment. When the student countered that at least Li Peng's legendary martial arts skills should be preserved, Li Peng replied, my arms are my own. Only if they were yours would they follow your road. Evidently, the younger monk took Li Peng's proverb a bit too literally. When Li Peng was dead and his body had been reduced to its scale, Eaton, the young monk took 
The master's right arm bones bound them into a nunchaku and fled the monastery in the night. His fate is unrecorded. DC 31, Li Peng's Road. Legacy Rituals. Three rituals are required to unlock all the abilities of the bones of Li Peng. Monk's Cunning. You must overcome an encounter with a hostile creature whose challenge rating is at least equal to your character level. You can accomplish this through intimidation, trickery, stealth, or any other appropriate method. Cost, 2000 GP. Feet granted, least legacy, bones of Li Peng. Martial Whirlwind, in contrast to the previous ritual, you have to defeat a group of three or more opponents with a total encounter level at least equal to your character level. You must engage the enemies alone but can use any weapons or tools at your disposal. Cost, 12,000 GP. Feet granted, lesser legacy, bones of Li Peng. Li Peng's road, you are required to travel to the legendary monastery of the five cherry blossoms and visit Li Peng's sepulchre. There you must spend 24 hours in prayer and meditation. Cost, 40,000 GP. Feet granted, greater legacy, bones of Li Peng. Wielder requirements. Monks benefit most from the bones of Li Peng, but any character proficient with the nunchaku might find the weapon's abilities useful. Bones of Li Peng Wielder Requirements Wisdom 13 Base Attack Bonus Plus 2. Balance 6 Ranks Any Non-Chaotic Alignment. Legacy Item Abilities. All the following are Legacy Item Abilities of the Bones of Li Peng. Master's Grace, so at 5th level, you acquire some of Li Peng's Legendary Nimbleness, gaining a plus 2 Enhancement Bonus to Dexterity. At 18th level, this bonus rises to plus 6. Student of the Master, so beginning at 13th level, you are treated as a monk 5 levels higher than your actual monk level for purposes of armor class bonus and unarmed damage. You can make one additional stunning attack per day. If you have the stunning fist feat if you have no monk levels, you gain the armor class bonus and unarmed damage of a 5th level monk. This bonus does not include a monk's wisdom bonus to armor class. Oneness of balance, so at 19th level, you gain a plus 10 competence bonus on balance, escape artist, and tumble checks. Adventure Seed, L6. While spending the night at an isolated monastery one evening during their travels, the characters are awakened in the middle of the night by a loud pounding on the monastery gates. Investigating the noise, they find an emaciated, pale monk, carrying nunchaku that appear to be made from a set of human arm bones. Sukchan introduces himself and then challenges any of the acolytes to a battle to prove his style supremacy. The resident monks are all frightened of the newcomer, certain that he can and will kill any of them. A PC might answer the challenge, but Sukchan insists that the Phi GHT be conducted only with monk weapons. He wields the bones of Li Peng during the battle. This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook, Roger Hansen on Patreon, and Gaming with Infamous on Discord. Thanks for stopping by. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Inker. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.